0: Yes, Lord, you are awesome. You are so awesome. Give the Lord a great shout of praise. If you believe that he is awesome in this place and he is worthy of all our praise, Lord, give him all the glory and give him all the praise this morning. Yes, we love you, Jesus. We lift up your name. We magnify your name. We love him so much, eh? While you're standing, let's just pray together. Father God, we come to you in the incredible and beautiful name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to spend this time together in your presence and as a body be united in worship. And as we now go into your word, Lord, that we would be united in the knowledge and truth of who you are and what that means for our lives. We pray that we will not only understand the word today, but that it will impact us deeply and transform us deeply for your purposes and for your glory. Open up our spiritual eyes and ears to understand your mysteries, to comprehend your mysteries, so that we can fulfill the plans and destinies that you have for each of us. Lord, I pray that you would anoint my lips and the ears of all of those listening. We ask this all in Jesus' name, and all God's people said. Amen. 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 You may take your seats this morning. Well, good morning, Frontline family. What a privilege to be with you all on this, the 6th of February, 2022. It's so good to be back with our family after being off for a couple of weeks. As you heard, myself and, and Pastor Renal were down with COVID for a while, but by His grace, we are well, and we are ready to run with what God is going to do in this season. Amen. Thank you to everyone that prayed for us and warred on our behalf when we didn't have the strength and those that encouraged us over this time. It means more than you know. Thank you to Kirk and Noel for stepping in at such short notice. Kirk and Noel took on the word with only about two days to prepare, which really brings a new meaning to being ready in and out of season. But on both occasions, what an amazing word they brought, and I really believe It's exactly what the Lord wanted the church to hear at this point in time. So we give God all the glory, amen? We were watching online and had some serious FOMO, but I must say we were really encouraged to see firstly from a different perspective how this body has been engaging in worship and responding to the Word during the services. There's clearly a great expectancy as this body of believers comes into the presence and into the house of the Lord. We were also encouraged to hear how you have pressed in during this time of prayer and fasting, and because of that, how the Lord is speaking to the hearts of His people here at Frontline. The Lord is showing Himself faithful because of our desire for more of Him, and we've seen that coming through in the way that God is birthing certain things in the hearts of many of you as new ministries are being birthed, and how God is compelling you to get involved in what He's doing and what He's going to be doing through this church. We've seen a great hunger developing and also a maturing that's taking place. Emmanuel spoke a word over our church last week, Friday, and he said that the Lord showed him an armory of weapons that are being dusted off and prepared, getting prepared or getting ready for battle. And church, I believe we are the weapons that God is dusting off and preparing and getting ready for battle against the forces of darkness. We've not been called frontline for nothing, right? We are a church on the move, and God is preparing us for great things. He's preparing us to achieve that vision. I really believe that. Thank you to all of those that led the prayer evenings over the past couple of weeks. We weren't there for most of it, but we really believe that you excelled. Thank you to Brother Emmanuel for overseeing the prayer and fasting, and for sending out all the material and for sacrificing the time to do that. Our prayer evenings were very well attended, which again shows your hunger and commitment to what God is doing in this season. Just give yourselves a big round of applause for being, committing to being a part of that. Church, it's really good to be back with you today and to preach the Word of God, and today I want to speak to you about hearing the voice of God, hearing the voice of God. I felt led to bring this message today because as we complete our time of prayer and fasting and after pressing in day after day, hearing what the Lord is saying to us as a church and individually, we may think that this is where we stop, listening to the voice of God and, and move on with normal life. And I'm not saying that you would do that intentionally, but as human nature dictates, we sometimes subconsciously just move on once we're done with something that has a time limit, But I would say to you this morning, if God never stops speaking, then we can never stop our pursuit of hearing His voice. It should become a lifestyle. Amen? And you may say, but pastor, I can't fast and pray the entire year, can I? You can't fast the whole year because you'd fade away. Where's Itula? I think he lost about 10 kilos. You almost faded away there, brother. So you can't do that, but you can certainly continue to pray. You can make it a lifestyle to pursue the voice of God for your life. You see, times of prayer and fasting like we've just come through are so important for us because it teaches us the discipline to press in deeper as we crucify the flesh. And when we do it corporately, we encourage each other to keep on going. And many of you have really pressed in during this time of prayer and fasting, which is excellent, and there will be spiritual growth in your life, and there will be fruit from it. I believe that the areas we are praying into individually for our nation, etc., etc., I believe there will be physical manifestations of what we've been praying for. But you may be thinking, listen, I can do this corporately, but, but how do I do this on my own? And you may even ask yourself the question, does God really speak to me individually? I can do this in a corporate setting, but God, does, does God speak to me Personally. And you know, this is such an important question for us to address in our Christian journey because truthfully, if you listen to a lot of the surveys out there, you read a lot of the articles, there are many Christians that go their whole lives or parts of their lives without hearing the voice of God for themselves. And that's what I really believe that the Lord wants to show us and confirm through His Word today because He wants us to go deeper in our fellowship with Him. What we've started corporately, He wants us now to continue in our, our personal capacity. Amen? So I want you to go with me this morning to Psalm chapter 19. I absolutely love this psalm. And the heading of the psalm, as you see on the screen, is the perfect revelation of the Lord. I want you to write that down if you have a notebook or even send yourself an email or something on your phone. The perfect revelation of the Lord. I want to show you what that means a bit later. And what you have here, church, in Psalm 19 is David, the giant slayer, showing us that God has spoken and God still speaks. And there's three parts to the psalm. We'll get into that in a moment. But basically, David says that God is revealed in nature, God is revealed in Scripture, and God is revealed in character. In other words, David looks upward at the skies. He looks downward at the scripture. And then he looks inward at himself, at his soul. And he notices that in all those places, God is speaking. So let's get into it. Let's look at the first six verses of this chapter to see the first way that God speaks. Number one, God speaks in the heavens. He speaks in the skies. This is what it says. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork each new day tells more of the story and each night reveals more and more about God's power, you cannot hear them say anything, they don't make any sound we can hear, but their message goes throughout the world their teaching reaches the ends of the earth the sun's tent is set up in the heavens it comes out like a happy bridegroom from his bedroom with a smile It begins its path across the sky like an athlete eager to run a race. It starts at one end of the sky and runs all the way to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. Church, this passage shows us that that the heavens are talking. They are declaring something. They are giving an account of something. The heavens are preaching a sermon, David says. In his words, their teaching reaches the ends of the earth. And you know, when we think about it, probably since close to the beginning of mankind, people have wondered, is there something out there? Or is there someone out there? And if so, who is he? And it's really interesting what, when you listen to what the world says about this. I came across an article that was published in 2013 about how mankind is listening to the universe. And they have this, this massive ear It's a radio telescope. It's the the biggest in in the earth, and it's so big that you could fit a 60,000-seat stadium inside this radio telescope. You could fit Ellis Park Stadium inside of it. It's enormous, right? It's called the Green Bank Radio Telescope. And it's listening to frequencies that may be emitting from outer space to get some kind of signal from whatever is out there. They wanted really quiet around Green Bank, West Virginia. So for kilometers, you can't use your cell phone, you can't use Wi-Fi, and you can't turn your radio on in your car. Very top secret. Anyway, one of the employees that had been working there for many years was being interviewed. And he said, you know what, after listening to the universe, right, waiting for something or just looking at the stars, you start wondering, how did all those stars come into being? And why are they there? Who put them there? Where did they come from? And then that leads you to the next question. Where did I come from? All good questions. And those are the types of questions that the heavens are meant to have you ask. David says that the heavens are declaring something. They're preaching a sermon and it is a glorious sermon. The heavens declare the glory of God. They don't tell you the grace of God. They don't tell you the mercy of God and the love of God or the judgments of God. But they do tell you of The glory of God. And why is that important? Why is that important for us to understand? Because the glorious design of the universe speaks of the glorious designer behind it. You see, the world would argue that everything came about in the universe because of a spontaneous Big Bang. Because of some accident. But as Christians, we argue from the vantage point that when you see something designed, you expect that there was a designer. Let me give you an example. If I were to come up to you and say, you know what, your car, your car, wow, it's really awesome. I bet it just appeared spontaneously out of the ground. You'd look at me and say, you're a nutcase. But if I'd say to you, your car, that's a great car. The manufacturer had a smart design in putting it together. You'd say to me, now you're talking my language. A design speaks of A designer. And when you look at the art that's hanging in the skies, you you and I are forced to say, how much more glorious is the artist himself? Right? The glorious art speaks of the glorious artist. The heavens declare the glory of God. Also, the sermon is continual. Notice what David writes in verse 2. Each new day tells more of the story, and each night reveals more and more about God's power. And you know, to deny this would be like me saying that all that we see around us, all that you see in the heavens, is just one fantastic accident. It's just a spontaneous generation that just so happened. Wow, what a coincidence. I could say that, right? I could say, you know, it just so happens that the surface temperature of the sun is 6,600 and something degrees Celsius, and the earth is 149,668,000 kilometers away from that, but that's just such a coincidence. If it were just 100 kilometers either way from the sun, we'd either burn or freeze to death. But amazing, it just so happened. And get this, it just so happens that the little sphere that we on, the earth, church, rotates 365 times as it makes its yearly journey around the sun. Why not 35 times? Well, if it did rotate 35 times on its axis, the days and nights would be ten times longer and there would be alternate freezing and heating and carbon-based life as we know it would not be possible on this planet. It's a marvelous accident though, right? And I could say it just so happens that the earth is tilted 23 and a third degrees on its axis giving us four beautiful seasons year after year after year. So yes, I could say it's a marvelous accident that just so happened or I could be a little wise and say no, no, no. There is design built into that, and therefore, there must be a designer behind it all. Amen? Amen. Yeah. You know, you hear, you'll hear stuff in your schools or in varsities, for those that are there and those that have been there, and they'll say stuff like, we all just came from a spontaneous generation of a single bacterium. Who's heard that before? Right? It sounds quite hard uh, there. <laughs> But I like what the astronomer Sir Frederick Wells said. He once wrote, and he said, the probability of spontaneous generation of a single bacterium is the same probability that a tornado sweeping through a or yard of scrap metal could assemble a jumbo 747 seven for seven from the contents they're in. <laughs> hey? Guess what It didn't just so happen? The heavens declare the glory of God. The sermon is continual, and the sermon is universal. Because everywhere on earth, you see the stars. Everywhere on earth, you're going to see a moon during some point of the day. And everywhere on the earth, there's a sunrise and a sunset. There's no denying that the heavens speak continually of God's glory. Right? The heavens, God speaks in the skies. That's number one. And number two, you'll notice that David writes that God speaks in the Scripture. In the first part of the chapter, he looks upward at the skies, And now from from verse 7, he looks downward at the scripture. This is what he says. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. Church, there are certain things that the universe cannot tell you about God. They cannot tell you about His love. They cannot tell you about His mercy, His grace, or His judgment. But when you look downward at the Scriptures, that's when we get special revelation. And in the Scripture, God will speak to you about life, about death about what happens after you die and where you're going to end up. God will speak to you about love and relationships and and your glorious future with Him as you walk together with Him. And what David is writing here in Psalm 19, in these verses we just read, is really a high view and appreciation for the accuracy of Scripture. He's declaring how perfect, how sure, and how infallible the Scriptures are. And it's important for us to pause here for a moment today, Church, because if we don't have a high view of Scripture and believe that God actually speaks to us through Scripture, if we don't hold that view, we are going to miss one of the most significant ways that God speaks to the hearts of His children. This is so significant. It is so important for us to believe that the Bible is indeed the very Word of God and that in the Scriptures, we have the complete mind of God. And listen, that doesn't only apply to the New Testament or or certain parts of the Bible that some people like to extract for their own benefit. As Christ followers, we believe in the whole Bible. Amen? You know, you have some um, groups of Christians these days that are only studying the red parts of the Bible. You know, where where Jesus speaks. They're using that as their Bibles, and, and that's it. I know some very decent young Christians that were hurt in church before, and they broke away to create a group where they now only study the words of Jesus. They only study the red-letter scriptures. But interestingly enough, in those red-letter scriptures, Jesus himself said, the scriptures cannot be broken. The scriptures cannot be broken. He also said, I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. He said, for truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear... Not the smallest letter, nor the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. You see, that's what Jesus said, and that is a high view of Scripture. So when we read the Bible, we need to see it, read and believe about it, what Jesus saw and believed about it. And that it is indeed the very Word of God and the very voice of God. God is speaking directly to you and me through his written word. Can we receive that? And I want you to look with me very quickly what David says that a high view of scripture will do for you and me in our lives. I'm going to give you six points very quickly. Go to verse 7 again. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The word convert means to turn back to something. So what that means in this text, church, is that the Scripture will turn you back to God, and in turning you back to your God, you will be refreshed. It will always realign you. The Bible is like an unending well that always refreshes you and realigns you with your life with God's purposes. And you know, church, you can go to a doctor for the needs of your body. You can go to school for the needs of your mind, but you can only go to the Scriptures for the needs of your soul. It refreshes your soul. The second thing it'll do is it'll challenge your mind. The second part of verse 7 says, The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And when you hear the word simple, you might think of a a naive person or a simple-minded person. But in actuality, what the word is referring to is someone who is open-minded or someone who is open to instruction. And I want to share a little secret with you this morning. If you are going to be open to instruction in your life, you will become wise. That is a fact of life. Just tell your husband or your wife next to you or your brother or sister in Christ, if you want to be wise, be open to the Lord's voice of instruction. I can't hear you. (laughs) Tell them don't be stubborn. stubborn. The third thing it'll do, church, is it'll bring joy to your heart. In verse 8, it says, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Psalm chapter 1 says that the happy man's delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And look, let's be honest, that doesn't mean that everything we read in the Bible is going to make you feel all fluffy and cozy all the time. Because it will challenge you. But as you conform yourself to it, and you don't turn away from it, and you allow it to shape you, and mold you, and transform you, and speak to you, the result of all of that will be a delightful result. It will bring joy to your heart. The prophet Jeremiah understood this, and he said in Jeremiah chapter 15, "'Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart.'" For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Is there anyone called of God here this morning? The word of God will remind you of that fact and it will bring joy into your heart. Number four, church, it will clarify your vision. Also in verse eight, it says the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. If you have a new Living Translation Bible, it says giving insight to life. I love that, giving insight to life. Because you see, church, scripture is like the sun coming up on a dark alleyway in the deepest, darkest parts of the city. It's dark. You don't want to go down there because you don't know what's down there. But then the sun pops out and you can navigate your way through. Why? Because the Bible throws light on life. It's incredible how much light the Bible throws on politics, for instance. It's amazing how much light the Bible throws on dating and marriage and finances in all parts of life. It gives insight to life. Number five, it will stabilize your future. Look at verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And what David is saying here, church, is that the effect of exposure to God's truth will produce within you, or it should if it's doing its job and you're open-minded, it'll produce within you and me a holy and awesome respect for the Lord. That's the fear of the Lord. And because God's truth is clean truth, because His Word is pure, without deficiency, without fault, it will endure forever. Amen? Something you need to know this morning, church, is that the truth that got you through yesterday is the same truth that will be available for you tomorrow. It worked then, it's working now, and it will be there in the future. And finally, in number six, it will benefit your, your whole life. The end of verse nine says, The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Verse 10 and 11 says, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. You know, church, one of the things you discover as you read your Bible is that it warns you about the path that you might be wanting to go down. It tells you the truth that the world wants to to hide from you. The world doesn't tell you the whole truth about making the choice that you're about to make. It just says, "Listen, don't stress about it. You, your own person, do whatever makes or do whatever makes you feel good. The Bible, on the other hand, will warn you and tell you, that's not necessarily a good idea. By them your servant is warned. By the scriptures, your servant is warned, and in keeping them, there is great reward. John Bunyan, who was a preacher and Christian writer in the 17th century, used to say, "This book. Referring to the Bible. This book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. I think the psalmist agreed with him in Psalm 119, where he said, Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Church, a high view of Scripture will benefit your whole life. So God speaks in the skies. God speaks in the Scripture and now David turns inward at his own soul and even there he finds that God speaks. Let's have a look at verses 12 to 14. It says, who can understand his errors? That's David's errors, by the way. He says, cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great Transgression. And then he ends off with a prayer and says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. My strength and my redeemer. I love the honesty of this psalm. So, what we found so far is that David looks up at the skies and he goes, Wow, that's amazing. Look at God's glorious creation. God is speaking to me in the skies. He looks downward at the scriptures and says, Incredible, I can use this to guide me in every part of my life. Everything I need for life and godliness is found here. in." But then he looks inward at himself, and he doesn't quite like what he sees. Right? He's not as impressed. Did you notice the words that he uses here? Sin, error, and faults. And you see, the first thing that David realizes is his need for forgiveness from sin, from error, and from faults. Because that's what looking up at the skies and downward at the scriptures will do. Because you realize that's a glorious God. He is the perfect word. But I, on the other hand, am an inglorious and imperfect being. David really understood the meaning of this. And he wrote in Psalm chapter 8, When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, What is man that you are mindful of of him? Have you ever thought that when you're reading the scriptures or you're looking up at the skies, you think to yourself, Jesus, the price that you paid for me, who am I that you are mindful of me? And you see, church, the perfect revelation of the Lord. Remember, I asked you to write that down earlier. That's the heading of the psalm. The perfect revelation of the Lord means I see myself as I really am. I see myself as I really am. As I realize the glory of God in the skies, as I realize the greatness of God in the scriptures, I now see a need for the grace of God in my own soul. God is speaking to me inwardly. This is the reason that we need to give the Holy Spirit unlimited access to our conscience. And I say that Church, because what the skies proclaim and what the scriptures pronounce is what the soul should process. It should affect us and transform us internally. We must allow what we see in the skies and in the scriptures to speak to our character. Are you with me, church? If we do that, we will not be Christians that say, I don't know if if God speaks to me personally. We will develop an ear like the Green Bank radio uh, telescope, and we will hear what God is saying to us. We will hear the voice of God. And so my call to all of us today, church, is to allow the Holy Spirit to have unlimited, unrestricted access to your conscience, to your soul. Because without the Holy Spirit working uninterrupted within us, what we see in the skies and in the scriptures will be of little effect in our lives. You know, there are many Christians that are are highly gifted. They're called of God, they're anointed. But they haven't allowed the Holy Spirit access to deal with their character. And as a result, their gifts and anointings are wasted. Or their gifts and anointings will eventually bring dishonor to the body of Christ. You see, church, not every Christian hits the mark. That's why God's infallible word wants to give us pointers on how to hit the mark. And so today, as I close, I'm going to make that call again. Allow the Holy Spirit to have unlimited, unrestricted access to your soul. Church, just, just so you know, this, your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And all those parts make up your character. That's essentially who you are as a person. And you know, sometimes we say, God, you can have access to my mind. You know, I'll commit my mind, my mind to the things of God. I will study the Word of God, right? Right? but I still want to be able to will to do what I want to do. I'm not going to give you that part of my soul. And my emotions, Lord, I still want to be able to control my emotions and and show myself strong when actually I'm still vulnerable. And I still want to be able to react to people when they say something to me, right? I don't want to always operate in the fruits of the Spirit, so I'm not going to give you that part of my soul. But the Lord is saying to us today, church, I want complete access I want unrestricted access because you need to be able to carry what I've gifted you with and anointed you for. And you know, when I was preparing this message, there were a couple of times this week that I thought to myself, Lord, why this message this week? It didn't really feel like it fitted in with what we've been preaching so far and, and where we are at this point in our fast. And I almost changed my message completely. But I believe the Lord said to me, I want you to bring this message because what I want to do through this church, what I'm going to be doing through this church, is going to require the character to carry what I want to fulfill through this church. And you see, church, there is a responsibility that comes with hearing the voice of God. There's a sacrifice that is required. Kirk spoke about it on Friday. He said there's an obedience that is required of us if we want to stay in the manifest presence of God. There's sacrifice, there's obedience, there's responsibility that is required. And I hope that I can speak on behalf of, of most of us here this morning and say that we are willing to take on that responsibility, that we are willing to make that sacrifice because we want to hear the voice of our Savior, And we want to be used by Him. We want to be used by Him in in, in our lives and we want to be used by Him to fulfill that vision. And so as you go into this week, church, and into the season, as we go into the season as a church, take time to look up at the skies and, and see the glory of God. Spend as much time as you can and look downward at the Scriptures. And when you've done that, Give the Holy Spirit unlimited access to your soul, to your heart, to your conscience. I think we sang that song on on Friday, but allowing the Lord just to come and break down these walls within our minds, within our lives, so that He can have complete access to our heart. The Lord is saying, I want complete access to, to you as a person, everything that makes you up. And church, I would be so bold as to say today that if you do that, if we do that, we will see the unlimited God working powerfully through our lives, through our church and in the areas that you have an influence in in your daily lives. So this morning, I'm going to ask Brother Emmanuel to come up. We'll end off with a, a worship song, I'm sure. But I want, I've asked Brother Emmanuel just to come and pray into this word today to to seal this word into our hearts that it will not just be a word that we hear today but that it will impact us and transform us deeply. That we will allow from today, maybe there's areas of our lives that the Holy Spirit will identify to you today that you haven't given Him access to. And why does the Lord want to do this? Because He wants to do something very significant through your life very significant through this church and he's saying listen there's a few things that I just need to deal with and that's that none of us are exempt from that none of us the Lord is saying I want to have every part of you so that you can fulfill what I've planned for you